with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, night, evening, morning, whatever it is. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host in my cool air-conditioned office. With me, my co-host from the boiling, flaming continent of Europe, sort of, uh, is Mr. Steve Parsons. And what news channel you've been watching? <laughs> well, the one that, that uh, tells you I, that the world's oh, going yeah. up in flames. Yeah. Well, I know that's, bit, that's made a lot of people really quite cross because mm-hmm. we've had two hot days. We had the same last year. Mm-hmm. within a degree or two and every time we have anything other than a cloudy gray day the climate activists hijack it <laughs> into, you know, into, oh wildfires burn it was arson plain arson and the other probably one by them by, <laughs> and the other one was caused by a barbecue i mean th- seriously this week we've had we've had time. people telling us that your car tires could explode in the temperature. Oh, God bless us. I know. And, you know, it's like chicken licking. Hey, you know, we did get a warning, and, and, and it does have some validity to it, but the rare chance of it happening is probably one in six million or whatever. But if you have a bottle of water in your car and the sun hits it just right, yeah, it could operate right. as a magnifying glass and poof, yep. your car is up in flames. Yep. There is actually, um, if you buy a crystal ball, a glass one, not a quartz mm-hmm. crystal ball, mm-hmm. uh, they often come with a small label uh, paper tag warning in the bottom of the box that says, do not place this on a, on a window ledge. Mm. Because you'll set fire to the curtains. In fact, there's a company sells on Amazon gra- uh, glass crystal balls mm-hmm. as optical uh, special effects lenses. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, um, you know what's interesting. Like, if I was ever selected to do Survive, I mean, not Survivor, uh, Naked and Afraid. God bless us. Uh, oh you know, God. You know what? I, I mean. I've never seen them. I don't. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Have you ever seen anybody with glasses? Because that'd be like the easiest way to start a fire. Oh yeah, I can start a fire. I don't even have to use that as my one item that I'm taking. <laughs> I got my you glasses. Know, you're absolutely right. No, you never see that because they're all bleach blonde. You know, like, yeah. I mean, when I was in when I was in the Boy Scouts, we were told about that. You know, yeah. if you know, grab Specky. And in fact, there's a uh, the book, um, oh, Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. Um, they, which, you know, was an iconic book about a group of uh, children from a boarding school uh, whose, I think it was a plane uh, crashed, and they were trapped on this island, and then they all became. That was like, pretty much uh, pretty much required reading here in the states. In yeah, the so you know the one I mean. Yeah. Um, but in that. Don't they get piggies uh, the, um, specks? 
and mm. use that to start fires. That's right. Yep. See? All these hey. things that we knew as Boy Scouts now, you know, forgotten. So I bet you that's why you never see a person with glasses on the, on the thing. So, in the show. Because they've all been eaten. No, because they got the, they could start a fire and they could take two items. They could take a, you know, they could take a machete or a, a pot to boil their water in or whatever. The other thing is, you know, if you get a clear back. I take clear, and. Um... Yeah, get the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, other, the other thing that's interesting, too, is is that, like, if you're, you think if you have a clear plastic bag, you can piss in the bag and actually start a fire with that, too. I... I've I've seen it theoretically. Have you done. tried it? <laughs> no, I've I've never tried it. But get I, the boys to do it. Find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, theoretically, I, I I mean I've seen people write about it, but yeah, I, there are reasons why I personally don't think it would happen. Um, I think because of the color, it it would it not would. just that, but the the plastic isn't optically pure enough, and it would and That's and true. other and the other thing is polythene. Uh, no, I just don't think it'd work. If I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it should, but yeah, no, no, I'm not not a fan of that one. Same with the bottle of water in the car; it should do the same thing, right? The bottle of water in the car does do it. In fact, was it MythBusters tested that? Yeah, um, and and showed yes, it is possible. Mm. Um, my, in fact, my daughter managed to melt a plastic window ledge once. Oh, that's nice. Um, with it was some ornament, uh, mm. some some ornament that that there was um that had focused the rays of the sun she also did it by leaving her hair straightens on on another window ledge once oh lovely you know there kelly that. spangler uh you know the sailor witch there we've had her on the show she's been in mm-hmm. across before she has a uh you know a place out in the on her porch where she has all her crystal walls and it parrots <laughs> and everything else and she one day she went out in the porch because she, she smelled something and she came in and the stupid cat was on the floor and the the sun had gone through the crystal ball and was burning the cat hey, uh, igniting the cat's hair. Hey, uh. Well, I uh, many years ago, and in fact, you can still buy them. Uh, I had a radiograph, radiograph, um, which is. A device for measuring the num the hours of sunlight in a day, oh, yeah. Yeah. and it's a glass crystal sphere, and around it, on uh, three quarters of its circumference, is a sheet of paper. And as the, when when the sun shines, it burns a small mark onto the paper, and as the sun moves around, it burns a small line onto the paper, and then you can see because the paper is calibrated in you know, to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, many Met offices often or previously, you know, before they used uh, op, um, electro-optical systems, um, you know, they used to, and you still buy them. You can still buy them in these um, sort of like uh, like retro shops, you know, along with Indian-made brass compasses that point due east and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those sorts of stuff, but you can I still mean, buy. There's a lot of cool stuff that actually that we had growing up that uh, Galilean thermometers that showed uh, scientific, uh, you know, principles. You know, the the yeah. Duncan Duck. Remember the Duncan Duck? Yeah, I mean, that had one, uh, which always fascinated us as kids. The yeah. other thing is uh, that we uh, the radiometer. 
the radiometer that spins around if you put it yeah. on the window ledge. And mm-hmm. um, oh, what was the other cool one we had? Uh, oh, the Galilean thermometer, the one with the things float up and down. No, I don't think I remember that one. Oh, well, they're quite popular now. They're on Amazon as well. And these mm. um, use the, they're, they're basically glass spheres suspended in um, an oil. And each sphere has got a different brass weight beneath it upon which is measured a te- uh, stamped a temperature. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. depending okay. on the the temperature, the glass spheres go up and down. And so mm-hmm. you, you, you measure the temperature by the lowest one. So, uh, yeah, they're still quite popular. I got one for off my daughter for Christmas a couple of years ago, which is called, a, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it's basically a glass tube. And in it is um, a, a chemical mm-hmm. that that crystallizes or doesn't crystallize depending on temperature. Okay. And so you either have um, a clump of like it's like snow or right. partially melted ice. It's a waxy substance, and depending on how it's melted and the level of it then that tells you the temperature as well. It's it's not very accurate. It's a bit of a gimmick. And, I know, uh, but, well, I mean, it, some of the early instruments were, weren't accurate. They, you know, they, they evolved. But, uh, yeah. well, you know, that's the, the Steve, I mean, that's the thing that's missing in our society nowadays. We, we had all these cool devices that we ended up liking, and we learned from them, you know, they, and they were cool. I mean, you, you know, all of those those things and they had lessons to learn with them not now i we can't i get all the it's surprising how many of them are uh, are still around you can still find up find a lot of them on amazon or on these special sort of vintage retro gift stores yeah but i'm talking uh, about I, I nowadays really, stuff the kids don't have that stuff they got all these stupid video games and everything oh, else to teach them don't, shit. Don't, don't 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 mine are obsessed with it if it hasn't got if it hasn't got an LCD screen and uh, makes funny not that they're not interested, we take them to museums, we take them to galleries, we take them, you know, um, and they never look out the window. They never That's look up. They walk. They walk around the street, you know, staring at the phones. But mm-hmm. um, it is. Do you remember the um, uh, the Newton's cradle with the balls? And oh yes, yes, yes. Perpetual motion device. No, this three. was like if you lifted two one end and you'd let them go, two would fire up the other end, and if you did, yeah, three, they would bounce would be... after each other. There were a whole That's bunch right. of walls in in, in yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And marble runs, which were perpetual devices, because the marble would drop, go round a track, back right. up, fall, and start all over again, and it would run for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, those are all uh, executive gifts now. That's what they. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Executive gifts. I do you know? I have I have never been in an executive's office and seen a Newton's cradle or a. Oh, I have. Have you? Yes. Oh, I have. It's cradles. Yes, that those are Perhaps really popular. We're popular here in the states. The only the only person I've ever known that actually had one, apart from me, mm-hmm. was an aunt and uncle. Um, as children, they had one um, that we weren't allowed to touch. It was an ornament. Do you remember the wave machine? Oh, they had one of them as well. Aren't used they awesome? To... I mean, those are all cool stuff that we learned stuff from. I, I used to sit and watch it go end to end and watch the wave, you know, mm-hmm. sort of 
uh, you know, figure out where the wave was going to break and why it didn't break that time. And you could put plastic baffles into the wave chamber to make yeah. different sort of wave effects. And there was also one that did it with sand as well. And we had, we even, I mean, for instance, we had um, cereal packets used to have toys in them. And oh, I yeah. remember when I was a kid, oh, one, yeah. one of the things I loved is we had a series of frogmen, uh, you know, scuba divers. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what they were called frogmen at that time. And they would and sink and float and sink and float. Yeah, and you, you and float. put bacon soda in them. I mean, but you learned about chemical reactions. You learned about, uh, you know, physics. You learned a lot of things from them. But, you know, that I mean, that's It's all. funny you should talk about cereal packets always because that was always uh, when, when mum and dad used to do, um, I must have been, what, single figures, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. And, it was always my um, guilty pleasure when they came in from the weekly shop, the big shop, mm-hmm. and was to try and sneak open the top of the cereal box <laughs> and then split the wax um, paper inside and then rummage right down to the bottom to get the, the toy. Yeah. And uh, which was, you know, sometimes a model aeroplane that clipped together, sometimes a bicycle, sometimes yeah. uh, 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 there was all sorts of elastic band guns, all sorts of cool things. You know, we we had Cracker Jack here in the country that had little toys in them. Now that now you get a piece of cardboard that has a, a thing you, scan on it. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Got nothing to do with the paranormal. Did you have sea monkeys? Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. See, but we learned stuff from those, didn't we? Yeah, we learned that sea monkeys, you can't see them unless there's a magnifying glass built into the side of the little box <laughs> of the bowl that they came in because they were bloody tiny little things. Yes, they were. But, uh, you, you know, uh, I was cleaning the other day and I came across, uh, it's uh, probably a foot by a foot, a foot square. It's a Fresno lens. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, you can actually make a, an oven out of it or whatever. Uh, I've you, seen the world's largest Fresnel lens. Um, uh, yeah, so it, you say it properly. <laughs> yeah, this, it, it's silent SN. It's Fresnel. I know, I know that you know um, me. I massacre every every language yeah. in this country. So. But the world's largest Fresnel lens is in the Science Museum, and it came mm-hmm. from a lighthouse in Britain, um, right. and it's about eight eight and a half foot across. Yeah, but all lighthouses, as you know. Um, or the majority of lighthouses pre-LED mm-hmm. um, would have a Fresnel lens, yes. which were basically a lot of triangular or different shaped triangular prisms um, all mounted so as to direct the beam and increase the inter- sometimes about a hundred times because they were using you know, ridiculous 200 watt I know tungsten bulbs and they would shine and the light before that oil miles. they used oil whale oil yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, and the like... light would shine 10 or 15 miles because yeah. of the and it's all because of the optical system sorry i'm getting because this sort of science is the coolest sort of science and that interest in science led me to do the sort of ghost hunting i do because mm-hmm. you know i was always keenly interested in in science Mm-hmm. and why things do things like why does exactly. the sand fall through there why does the wave machine make those patterns why does that thing spin around when you put it on the mantelpiece on the window ledge yeah uh, and those principles you then later could adapt to 
exploring the environment around you and understanding the environment and why things move. I, I can give you an, an exact ghost hunt um, indication uh, or, or relationship. We once got called to do a haunted funeral home. Oh, cool. I've told this story before a long time ago. Yeah, and cool. what, one of the things, uh, apart from the cadavers being embalmed and awaiting burial, was the um, the office door between the um, sorry the door between the office and the embalming room would occasionally swing open and swing closed again, and they'd attributed this to the paranormal. And we, we got them to keep a diary and then we, we did the usual paranormal stakeout where you go visit the place and we, we spent time and the door did indeed start to move. Mm. But we realised it was only about five minutes after we, um, because it was quite cold, um, yeah. because the embalming room was kept cold, um, but the office, because you know people were working in it, had a small um, Caligas fire. When you lit the Caligas fire, um, it was just after we'd lit the fire that the door started to move. And we looked at, you know, what the people had said. And it was about 20, 10 or 15 minutes after they came in in the morning and they put the fire on and blah, 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 blah. What was happening is warm air in the office was rising. It was going over the top of the door, creating a small vortex. And then cooling in the embalming room where the cold air was coming under, you know, sort of down the door and then back underneath. And and it was the vortexes of the air, the warmer going up and over and the cooler coming up and under or down and under was causing the door, first of all, to move one way. And then it would hit the limit of the hinge and friction. And then it would go back the other way again. And if you turn the fire off, the door stops swinging. Mm. And and that was because I understood the principles from being a child and playing around with these scientific toys. Of course. We, but I, while we were talking, I, and I, we're getting away from it a little bit, so I want to bring it back up again. Uh, you know, we were talking about lighthouses. We were talking about uh, naked and afraid. If we had a pair of eyeglasses, we could start fires and everything else. So what's your thoughts uh, uh, about the Alexander lighthouse the lighthouse at alexander do you are you, are you uh, familiar alexandria with lighthouse. yes are you familiar familiar with it um it was one we talked about one of the seven wonders of the world yes 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 yeah um well I've, no, there's many actually, stories associated with it and this is the one yeah, i was talking about she knows what it looks like <laughs> because it it was gone there was um, certain what, yeah there's certain uh yeah exactly but and it's like it's like the Colossus of Rhodes. Nobody, you know, when they measured, and you know, we always see the pictures of it standing mm-hmm. akin across the harbour. Right. But when they went and there, I think was it the Romans wrote it stood so many cubits high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they when they measured, you know, the span across the harbour, and mm-hmm. they realised actually it never spanned the harbour as per the illustrations. It stood to one side because right. it would have been three hundred cubits high. Exactly. Um, so the lighthouse. So, yeah, so the lighthouse. Yeah. So specifically, what's the. Yeah, that's what it's got. One of the stories associated with and they absolutely have no proof other than uh, a few 
uh, tales from the Greeks, of course, is, is the, that they used to have uh, a, it might be an Archimedes lens, but they had a lens on there. They could actually yeah. light ships on fire. Are you, you familiar with that? You think that's possible? Uh, well, it goes down to Greek fire, doesn't it? Oh, there's one that we cannot. Yeah. Because we don't know what Greek fire was, but the Greeks wrote about it a lot. And yes. they and and you know scientists have said, oh well, it could be this, it could be that, and they've tried to reproduce it with different degrees of success. Mm-hmm. And this this lens mirror on top of the lighthouse is another. Well, it could, but it it's never been proven. And I know it's like it's like if you go to South America and you see these blocks of, of stone that have been engineered together with the thickness that they say, you can't put a sheet of paper in between. Yeah. Therefore it must be alien technology. Oh, God, that did it. Shoot me. <laughs> but you know, it is incredible engineering, but that's being disingenuous to human beings because the human beings that built the pyramids, apart from the fact that they lived a long time ago, they were a different, in a different country. Mm-hmm. We're the same as we are, yeah. But they were still, you know, they still had our level of in, of intelligence, mm-hmm. possibly more so because I'll wager if we were dropped down into the middle of the South South American jungle, we would be naked and afraid and dead within a week. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the native populations that live there are not quite naked; they're definitely not afraid, and mm-hmm. they don't die in in a week they 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 (laughs) thrive and they live there (laughs) yeah Um, and you know they eat uh missionaries and what have you yeah there you go so Um, so you know we are being very disingenuous to the human population when we say oh it must be aliens yeah it's always uh, aliens and and that's the the interesting thing danikin's fault we get, well, yeah, we're getting. I mean, the the Mars uh, province and the helicopter up there is getting some great images, and there's there's a lot of things that uh, you know they they like people look at and they say, oh look, there's this. I mean, like the doorway. I think we talked about the doorway before. The tiny the tiny mouse hole doorway. Yeah, <laughs> it looks so week. cool though, didn't it? But How do you know week. Martians were the size of mice? It might be, but this, but this week there is a genuine anomaly that NASA can't explain that's come up on a Mars rover photograph. Have you the seen it? The bundle of springs. The the we, we, it looks like a, a bundle of spaghetti. Yeah, well, they call it springs in this particular article well, that I read. Yeah, I, yeah. I've seen it as you know, it's a, a ball of spaghetti. But ball of spaghetti, yeah. It NASA are completely stumped by it. That's what they should. It's an alien environment. They don't know what the conditions yeah. are up there I mean, would, it, you know it, it could be a ball of string it could be a ball <laughs> of spaghetti could, <laughs> it could be you know the leftover of you know a martian spaghetti Dinner. lunch yeah you could escape from the plate <laughs> but i mean that's you know until it doesn't we look boots on the ground and then we can explore some of this stuff we really can't and and you you know and we've talked about this many a times there are so many natural phenomena here on earth that an ordinary per- person is totally baffled by because they they don't can't understand it. You know, we we talked about the disappearing uh, islands. We talked about the uh, cities, the the disappearing cities, and you know, we, we all that stuff. There's certain conditions, lights in the skies, and 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 
there are kids. Yeah, but we we come down to that old. I mean, this this lack of knowledge. Um, you see this so many times with with ufology. You see it with ghost hunting all the time. The we can't explain it, therefore it must be paranormal. It must be alien. No, it means that you can't explain it. You personally can't explain it because there is there may be somebody else out there who can. Mm-hmm. Um, and often, you know, I think the investigators who take that option of saying we can't explain it, therefore it's we our EMF meter started to bleep and we were in the middle of nowhere, miles away from any electricity. That must be paranormal. Well, right. no, it's probably more to do with a long wave radio transmitter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, but the nearest radio mast was was three miles away. Yeah, but if you put your radio on, you can tune into uh, Radio China, for example. Oh, and they're trying to radios. Remember Crystal Bang. Radios? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was listening to uh, a radio transmitter that was located in not very far from Arecibo. Um, the Arecibo, uh, the former Arecibo radio telescope um, in Central America. And there's a radio transmitter site nearby. It's one of the um, national radio broadcasters. And they were booming in here in, in Europe. So, um, yeah. You know, the one thing I always wondered about uh, EVPs and, and the spirit, oh. box, here spirit boxes and stuff. I mean, because... We had, as kids, uh, crystal radios, absolutely yep. no power source on them. No power That's source. That's right. And, and we could get voices and, and, and sounds on these devices. So, you know, it's not, I guess it's not uh, inconceivable that, that some of these EVPs, some of these spirit box stuff is, is basically. Uh, I would say, I would say not some most because if you look at <laughs> look at Roudiva and the, <laughs> yes. the, the, the Roudiva diode if you look mm. at the circuit of the Roudiva diode that you you know that he got those amazing EVPs from better than microphones mm. the Roudiva diode is a very uh, basic germanium crystal radio, radio. yeah now it's not surprising you picked up voices because mm-hmm. if if you you know if you uh, reproduce it, you've made a crystal radio, a crude one, but it works. Exactly. And if it's near enough a powerful radio transmitter or what have you, then you're going to pick up radio broadcasts. Yeah, that's true. But anyways, uh, we are coming up to the break, and uh, I do want to mention the newest uh, Patreon member. Uh, God bless him. Yes. Now, uh, you too can become a member of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio a uh, member of the Dead ES Society, go to uh, Patreon and look up Ghost Chronicles Radio and, and you can join. Uh, and I want to uh, welcome uh, Christy uh, Moore and John Adamson, who are both now members of the Dead ES Society. So, welcome aboard. Uh, yeah, welcome aboard. So uh, you two can join us. Well, we'll be right back after following messages.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky, they all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal, the topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. the second quarter of tonight's two hour ghost chronicles edition um and as europe burns your hosts are talking about cool science gadgets yes we are that we had as children Mm. and the lessons we learned especially about cool things uh i do want to mention that uh steve will be coming over here to the states in uh in the september and october uh and we'll be here for a spirit quest and uh the spirit quest tickets uh, are now on sale so you can join steve and myself and a papori of other people is for some cool events and uh yeah check it out Anyghostproject.com, I should say. Let it I, I wanted to ask, um, yes. as we went into the break, how do people uh, join our Patreon? Oh, yeah, that's simple. Just go to uh, Ghost Chronicles. Just just Google Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, and we'll pop right up. Uh, and uh, also worth reminding, uh, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a Patreon uh, listener in Australia who sent us uh, some cool questions, mm-hmm. um, which which occupied us for a whole show. Um, and if any of our listeners have any questions that uh, they want Ron and I to attempt to answer, yeah, um, just stick it on the Facebook page, drop us an email, send a yeah. carrier pigeon, yeah, uh, give it a bite, <laughs> read it twice. <laughs> uh but yeah and uh yeah ghost chronicles are radio on patreon uh we've got over 30 some odd uh videos on there that are exclusive for the most part exclusive to uh our patreon members members of the ideas society and i uh, also started a new uh feature called uh it's a weird world and uh i'm gonna think i'm gonna do it every other week i did my first one uh last week and uh yeah i'm gonna just talk about a couple of strange things that true stories that that happened uh so 
check it oh, out. Oh, you're into sea monsters, aren't you? I am, sir. Yeah, well, there's a big hunt this year um, and next year. But starts, starts, starts this year, runs into next year, around the coastal waters of the United Kingdom. Ooh. And uh, they're looking for, because there is no good reason why we don't have great white sharks. And oh. So there's this big international oceanographic survey that's coming to British waters uh, this year and next year um, to finally answer the question, do great whites, because they should, and there's anecdotal evidence and some dodge, uh, some fuzzy video that shows them, uh, you know, large shark attacking seals. Mm. Yeah, we have we have the largest seal colonies are uh, on the Western Atlantic coast, um, and there's no good reason why uh, there are no there are no great white sharks. Well, they're munching on us as Americans, so they you know. But in our local harbour uh, <laughs> last week, there was a kayaker paddling around. Oh. And a Did huge, you get eaten by a shark? A huge triangular fin broke the water alongside him. Um, for, no, 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 it was, it was a shark. Uh, the guy had, had some marine experience. I don't know if he was a marine biologist or whether he watched Shark Week on Discovery, but uh, he immediately realized that the, 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 the fin, the curved triangular fin, uh, it was a 15 foot thresher, a basking shark. Ah. And it, it was only in three feet of water. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of cruising along, um, doing what basking sharks do. Eating plankton. Eating and basking. And basking, yeah. yeah it was basking. Listen, listening to Ghost Chronicles International. He was. Yeah. He was. No, oh, speaking, speaking of Ghost Chronicles radio. Yes. Um, next Monday... Uh, fortunately, you won't be able to. Well, you would on the AE, but um, you you know the other show, the the West Files radio yeah, the West show. Files. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going FM, or they just the station's just gone FM. Oh, great! And uh, as part of the FM, uh, we've got off with uh, a live radio ghost hunt for two hours. On Monday the twenty fifth, on if you're in the if you're in West Wales, it's eighty seven point seven FM, or purewestradio.com. Is it streamed? It will be. It'll be streamed live on the internet and also FM. Sweet. So. Uh, so who's going to be doing this fabulous well, coaster? Well, obviously, uh, uh, there'll be myself, the curator of uh, the location. Uh, we've chosen a very historic location to do it in, uh, with uh, some reports of do I know it? unusual temperatures. Do We're I not going to give it away. Not going to give no, it away. Do yet. I know it? That's all I ask. Simple question. Uh, no, but it goes all the way back. Okay. It's a thousand. It's a thousand years old. Okay, fine, fair enough. And it's, it's a something castle. Something that I can look forward to. And so. it's a castle. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, so what we've done is uh, the curator um, and local historian PhD is going to be giving us a guided tour around the museum's uh, exhibits, albeit on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be exploring the unusual experiences that some members of uh, staff and visitors to the museum have had, mm-hmm. and some of the daytime radio presenters, who are as jumpy as a box of frogs, 
we'll be sent off into uh, some of the rooms um, to see how uh, what they experience. Lovely. So that'll be fun, with the emphasis on fun. We're going to burn any witches. Uh, it's, they're not in season at the moment. Oh, okay, okay, I understand. Yeah, it's closed season on the witches oh, at the exactly. moment. Just, just curious. Yeah. yeah, it's too oh, hot up here. <laughs> We're too busy. <laughs> what was the other one they said today? Oh, <laughs> uh, an eco, an eco person today was mm-hmm. after blaming climate change for the fires, not yeah. arsonists, but mm-hmm. climate change. Um, they then said that the re- the major reason was the excess vegetation. Um, what? That, these, that the houses were surrounded by grass. What? Yep. Wait a minute. They do realize that <laughs> how photosynthesis works, don't they? <laughs> Apparently not. Evidently. Um, oh, my so God. So the, the fact that these properties were surrounded by grass. Oh my God! Uh, and um, uh, grass which spontaneously combusts apparently at forty degrees, okay. or is set fire to by exploding car tires and melt. They were telling us legitimately, the roads will melt and your car tires will explode. Um, and the 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 the, uh, the reason that the fires spread so rapidly was grass. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's... Uh, we've had our lawn ploughed up today, just to be on the safe side. That's a good idea. And uh, the farmer's field beyond, uh, we're going to get that sorted out tomorrow because that's all um, arable, it's all grassland, uh, ready yeah. to be um, mown for winter silage. Okay. Can't you just suck down some rain from Scotland? <laughs> they had their hottest day on record yesterday. Did they really? Yeah, it was just above freezing, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you realise the temperature today, uh, because yesterday it was so hot that car tyres were exploding and grass was spontaneously combusting. Today it's been digging out the winter woolies and raining most of the day. Really? Oh, Yeah. The temperature came down about 12 degrees. I have to admit, I mean, we we just got into our first 90s of the thing we're gonna have like a week or which is but with the humidity was absolutely horrendous i've been working on the love shack outside and i could only go for you know a couple of hours or anything because after a while even hydrating i was just uh just couldn't do it i mean i was uh, losing my balance and a lot of other things <laughs> what talking about hydrate um uh, humidity one of the uh another another of the explanations because oh, no, please pe- People go, you know, they go to the Mediterranean where mm-hmm. it's hotter for their holidays uh, for two weeks, but they can't survive two days of a summer heat wave here in the UK. And they said it's a different kind of heat. Of course, it's a dry heat. Uh, you know, it's like it's like we, it, it, it's like we saying, have that in Arizona. It's 114, yeah. but it's a dry heat. You know, it's still freaking hot. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's um, it's the wrong another favorite British one. It's the wrong type of rain. Oh, okay. Because um, yeah, it's the my, my the um, cat, my wife. For those that don't know, uh, she took the boys to the beach yesterday morning uh, to That's cool the off. Wrong type of rain, really. 
Um, and there was a thunder shower. There was there was there were showers. Some of them were thundery. So in case anything, you know, thundery, she was going to bring them out of the water. Uh, but one of these um, very short lived, very heavy, you know, like the last five minutes, the raindrops are about the size of marbles, you know, these thermal rain uh, things that you get in the summer mm-hmm. uh, happened along. And a, a holiday maker, because we're in holiday season now, the schools are all finished, uh, standing on the beach, yelling at her children to come out of the sea because it just started to rain and they would get wet. Okay. I, I kid you, I kid you not. There you go. Get out uh, of the sea, you're getting wet, it's raining. And the, so two I, kids, the two kids were standing in, you know, knee deep in the, the, water. In the, in the water, looking at her going, are you... Yeah. Yeah. Mum, you lost it. <laughs> yeah, mum, have you just been, yeah, have you spontaneously combusted? <laughs> into, the gin, into the gin again, have you been? Uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, I understand that uh, in in London it's so hot that they they're actually going back to the uh, old. Uh, oh yeah, we we old, well, wait a minute, old old laws where they uh, they are uh, suspending some of the old laws so that they can uh, burn. Uh, I mean, sacrifice virgins to, to the gods. So there are uh, no virgins in London. Okay, that solves that problem. That's probably why they they haven't. I thought problem. you were going. I thought you were going to talk about Britain's unique because America is the only country left in the world now that uses the imperial measurement system as yeah. its primary measurement system. Of course, we do. Um, but Britain has now reinstated the the imperial measuring system. Um, God bless years. you. God bless you. However, we are the only country in the world that uses it interchangeably uh, with with um, the uh continental metric system Mm -hmm. because in the winter months we measure our temperature in celsius Uh because it's colder and in the summer we switch to so in the in the winter it's like oh it's it's minus three Mm -hmm. celsius so it's what it's about plus 22 Uh, and in the winter it's not 40 it's 104 there you go see because we switched to fahrenheit it's all about how you uh you know yeah. uh yeah, yeah how you portray things it's but then really britain you know we we do if you go to if you say to a uh, an average brit um that room is three meters long and six feet high they would understand exactly what you meant <laughs> you know you know it's funny because here in the we States, buy petrol in liters and work out our miles per gallon here in the states we wanted to uh there was a big push to go metric and uh i i, I don't know if you knew you probably do that i had a, an environmental comp- company uh-huh. at the time that we produced uh, environmental teaching aids for schools and colleges and stuff and one of the big push was that america was going to go uh metric by 1990. <laughs> so it quite didn't work out that way <laughs> No, no. Yeah. So I, I had stocked up on all these metric rulers, which I still have a couple hanging around. But <laughs> you things. are, but your no currency. <laughs> yeah, but your currency is metric. Uh, yes, in a way. It's base 10. Yeah. Uh, whereas the UK old predecimal currency was, well, we had 240 pennies in the pound, 12 pennies in the shilling making 20 shillings to the pound. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 
and we had coins like the groat, which was fourpence. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, yeah, we had the farthing, which was a quarter of a penny. In fact, our smallest denomination coin ever was a one-third farthing. One-third farthing. There you go. Which is I bet you, did, bet you didn't go far. Which is one twenty. We did actually back in the day, but that was one twenty-fourth of a penny. And there were okay. two hundred and forty pennies in a pound. Huh. But America, America, um, when when you broke free and sailed away, mm-hmm. um, decided that you would you would use the French system because it was the French that helped you break free and sail, yeah, and sail away. That was another mistake. <laughs> Yo, you made your bed. <laughs> um, you know, thank you, Ben Franklin. Mm. Um, and so America used the um, basically the European system. And also, ben, was, ben was a member of the Hellfire Club, I heard. He he was indeed. Ah. But also, one of the great mysteries is why America drives on the wrong side of the road. That's just because we can. It is. That's exactly <laughs> it. Back we wanted to be di- different. We wanted to say, back, up yours. Back in, back, exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. Nobody could, you know, there was uh, there was always this great debate about you know we drive on the left america drives on the right Mm -hmm. uh why why is that because you know traditionally carriages would pass to the right so that the men could with the swords Mm -hmm. Uh, but why is it that america uh switched sides and it was literally because britain did it that way and america had decided that they wanted to do it the other way that's right even uh, even in boats we have a a light on the bow of the boat one side is green one side is red and you're supposed to pass on the green side and not on the red side pass green to green you hear that a lot because we live in a seaport you hear the ships you know talking to one another on the radio and they say yeah we'll pass green to green so i know we're coming down at the end i do want to ask a question and, and this is one of the things i wanted to bring up in the show but uh you know you guys are having a little bit of uh, a heat over there and i'm but curious has there, been, has there ever been any studies where uh uh on uh, paranormal activity and and the temperature or right no not directly but there have been uh, anecdotal studies that suggest that um in areas where there is a high, or oh, sorry, a high temperature and low, or uh, more to do with uh, humidity. So okay. where the relative humidity is very low, there is an increased likelihood of static electricity, because the, the more humid the air, the Makes less sense. likely that static electricity will be generated. And a lot of the effects of static electricity, like hair standing on end, uh, the sensation of being touched, caused by the charges running across the the hair follicles and stuff like that, are associated with with, uh, high electrostatic charges. And I can't remember the name of the researcher, but they did actually put together some research which looked at are areas of low humidity, i.e. in desert areas and inland, you know, away from. So, but they looked, I think it was at Arizona, um, Nevada, whether there was a higher propensity of uh, paranormal reports that were linked to um, low humidity events in the atmospheric humidity uh, events. And they concluded that, in fact, there probably was. 
but then suggested that more research was needed. Of course, it does. that's always what you so, answer. Um, but it does kind of make sense because if you look at the the nature of um, electrical charge, um, you know, if you are in uh, an area of high electrostatic charge, you know, mm-hmm. just before a thunderstorm, for example, or in desert areas, um, you know, as you walk along the desert sand and the the, the sand grains can can generate an electrical charge as you stand mm-hmm. on the piezoelectric charge. Um, you will feel these charges sort of running across your skin and they feel like the sensation of being touched and your hair will stand on end and you, you, you know, electrostatics, we all talk about electromagnetics, but electrostatics is actually more fascinating and more um, akin to this sort of phenomena that people do report, the physical sensations, not so much the sensations of feeling uneasy and feeling untoward and anxious, which are um, linked to electromagnetic impingement upon the brain, but the physical sensations of touch, smell, um, etc., are very, very similar to electrostatic um, interactions. But yeah, I, uh, the work still needs to be done. And maybe there's a project there if you want to get a PhD in it. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, so if anybody's listening and wants to do a PhD on electrostatics and paranormal exposure, mm-hmm. there is a, there's, a, there's a big open goal there for you to shoot at. Yeah, I mean, we. I remember we uh, when we first started working. Uh, one of our things we we did experiments with was a band of graph generators. See if that mm-hmm. would increase or de- uh, increase paranormal activity if we took it to a uh, haunted location. And uh, we really didn't get uh, um, anything. Any uh, let's put this way. Any uh, significant uh evidence had well the thing is you probably because if you increase the charge around the generator mm-hmm. you know you've created this very strong electrostatic field that might be negative or positive well it would be negatively charged right and um, the atmosphere will automatically balance that by putting a huge positive charge in the area surrounding it hmm. um and that's one of the interesting things because air doesn't conduct the uh, electricity at all well, and then it suddenly no, it breaks down into a plasma. Um, that you can't have a charge in isolation. So if you create, if you if you take a negative ionizer into a room to say all oh, negative ions, you know they're conducive to spirits, as some uh, some people have suggested. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will buy these negative ion uh, generators. generators. And we will use them and then they will create the perfect environment for the ghost to appear. Well, what they're also doing is creating a huge equal opposite area of positive charge surrounding the negative ion field. Um, Because that's how nature works. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. It's it's really uh, th- that's the problem with with now is we don't understand a lot of the the physics behind a lot of the environment. The thing is that we should things. do because you know. It, yeah, we don't though. They're more it's interested only high in school re- stuff. They're only interested in, in results. They want 
instant results in, in the yeah but i mean they they've been taught it i think they just forget it because you know i don't even know if they've been taught it anymore well my my 12 my you know ethan the 11 year old Mm -hmm. uh he's now 12 but at school last year he was learning about electrostatics yeah and then when i asked him about it a few weeks ago it it gone yeah he's probably remembering this video game but I mean, we we made potato batteries. You know that we used yeah. to do potato batteries. Uh, yeah. I made gunpowder when I was a kid. Though you know, we did a lot of yeah. different experiments. That... That's not allowed now. Yeah, I know. Nothing's okay. allowed now. You can't no. do anything anymore. You can't. I think you are allowed to make potato or lemon batteries. Are you I, sure? Are you sure? Yeah, but Some, you know, somebody's going to complain that it's un- unfair t- treatment of potatoes. I used to make gunpowder. I mean, it's dead yeah. easy. It's only charcoal, saltpeter, and I'm not so, going to give out the full sulfur. recipe. So no, I don't. I didn't want to give out the full recipe. In case yeah, but I get, did. You know, we didn't want the FBI knocking on the you know, you know talking next door. Go on the freaking internet; it'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, but if you're if you're caught searching the recipe for gunpowder now, the FBI will be knocking on your door. Yeah, whatever. They're already knocking at my door. I'm on the watch list, so there you go. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's good. I like to be watching. You, know. you will be now after this radio broadcast. I'm you've sure. The, you've just given out the recipe for gunpowder. Ah, you got to have a Actually, not gunpowder, black powder. Gunpowder yeah. is slightly different. And that was a British oh. invention because they, they discovered that if, gum, if black powder gets damp and it forms clumps and then they dry it out, the clumps burn faster than the powdered version of black powder. And that's why they made granulated gunpowder, which was why the right. British guns were more powerful than the French guns, and we mm. could sink French warships. Mm-hmm. And that was because so the powder got dry, or, uh, got damp. Yeah, so I had to correct someone the other day because they told me that uh, the the finger was uh, from the French and the British, that the French would catch the British Bowman mm-hmm. and cut one finger off, and I said, corrected it. I said, no, that's not exactly right because the British bowmen used two fingers for their thing, and so they would cut two fingers off, and hence that's why the British have the V V uh, uh, symbol, not the V symbol, well, whatever you call well, it. Well, that's that's uh, that's never been definitively shown in history. Oh, now that's interesting because every schoolboy before mm. the invention of the video game, knew that sticking two fingers up at people, mm. uh, in the reverse of what Churchill did, which was the V for Victory version of right. it, spinning exactly. it round, was an Australia was an English insult <laughs> to the French by saying, up yours, I've still got my bow fingers and I can still draw the bow and shoot you. Yeah. However, there isn't. There are no records of the French ever chopping off the fingers of the boat of the archers. Ah, um, and therefore there was no reason to do it because they just killed the archers. So that's a myth. It, there's no proof. It's the truth. Okay. But everybody, is, yeah, I think it's a, a great historical urban. It's story. one of those things that, that, that everybody it's repeated enough time. It's it's thought to be a truth. Well, everybody wants to believe it, and it sounds plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are no records of the because when the French attacked the British at Agincourt and Cressay and Poitiers, they just killed the archers. There you go, solve that problem. You know, it's like, oh, you're dead now. You can't shoot me anyway. They didn't. 
they didn't capture them and then chop the fingers off and say, right, off you go. You've been a very naughty archer. Go home now. Mm. They just killed them. Yeah. So, so there would be there would be no need for them to go. Ah, I know. I'm just saying. Well, see, we had talked about that before, and uh, yeah, you but it is. Been... I mean, everybody knows that story of mm. that's why you know that's what the salute means. But well, the it certainly used... wasn't the one finger, which is. But the thing is, the tell. Romans used the same insulting gesture. Ah. And they didn't have well, they had archers, but they didn't. They they drew the bow with uh, three fingers. Mm. Well, speaking about three fingers, we got to go. Recurve bow. Yeah, we got to go. So, anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on TojiNet, uh, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very, very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, including our newest, Christy Moore, I believe her name is. Uh, it's a little shot. And John Adamson. So thank you, John. Thank you, Christy. If I say in your name wrong, correct me. Anyways, today's now it's time for the last word. Today's last word comes from the Roman statesman Cicero, who in 43 BC, after Doc Anthony put a hit on him, said, up yours. There's nothing proper about what you're doing to me, soldier, but do try to kill me properly. And that's the last word. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.